will never hear a sovereign refer to themselves as a sovereign citizen. And very few, uh, if any, that are fully committed to the cause will never refer to themselves as a sovereign. They will give certain uh, telltale signs. They will, they will say, uh, I'm uh, free to travel, I'm a, uh, I'm a free man on the land, or they will identify themselves only by their first name. And that's that flesh and blood aspect, because sovereigns believe that each of us are two individuals. We're our free man, and that's our flesh and blood, and then we're our straw man, which is the corporate self, uh, which is tied to the corporate United States government. And that any time you have a driver's license or vehicle registration or birth certificate or any tie to that corporate government, that you are contracting with that government to essentially be a slave of that government. My fellow Americans, are you contracting with the government to be a slave to this government? <laughs> Did you have any choice? Were you even aware of this being a thing? Do they ever teach you in school? Or did the TV propaganda news shows ever tell you about this difference between a flesh and blood free person and your corporate entity? Quote, unquote. Take a listen to this. Probably heard about some recent legislation from Congress that has some people worried. But what you probably haven't heard is there's a mass movement of people breaking out of the modern slave system and reclaiming their sovereignty. Here are the steps that they and myself are currently taking. Most other countries have a similar process. Now, you probably feel like your own person, but the federal government doesn't see it that way. The first thing to do is authenticate your birth certificate to take ownership of it. First, check the state where you were born or naturalized. Request your long-form birth certificate and look up the authentication or apostille process on their government website. Depending on where you're born or naturalized, every state has a little bit different process. Once you have your long-form birth certificate, you're going to get it notarized by a county or state clerk and then authenticate it at the state level at your secretary of state. After that's done, you can go online to the Department of State to download DS-4194 to authenticate your birth certificate at a federal level. As an extra step, you can also submit an affidavit of ownership of your all caps name to every level of government. Now you own your corporation, your straw man, and you can use it to interact with this world of commerce. Start learning the law. States.americannationals.org is a great resource. Then you can look into the process of becoming a state national or state citizen. This is how it was before the Reconstruction era of the Civil War when the federal government basically enslaved everyone with the 14th Amendment when they created the U.S. citizen. Now, what are the benefits? Well, you can become a secured party creditor. Now you're starting to remove yourself from the jurisdiction of those who would have authority over you. As long as you're not breaking Mosaic law, so as long as you're not hurting someone or harming their property, you are free. Now, if you do this, it's a lifestyle. You need to understand the law. You need to understand your rights. Most authorities have no idea what the law is. You might even expect lawyers would know this, but members of the Bar Association do not know this unless they have done their own research outside of their education. It's very similar to the institutionalized rhetoric of medical authorities, actually. Lastly, look up House Joint Resolution 192 and look into the Uniform Commercial Code to really see where this leads. Okay, people, so it's a thing. This sovereign citizen movement is a thing. And it's a lifestyle, this guy just said. And you got to really dive deep and do the research to figure out if this is the lifestyle that you want to live uh, here in the United States of America. And my fear with all of this is that eventually, if enough people start doing this, it's a direct threat to the power structures that we have right now. And as much as I am an anarchist who believes in liberty and freedom, um, overthrowing the current status quo and the current power elite is going to be a hell of a feat for the fight that this may create in the future. I'm not saying that this is going to happen tomorrow. I'm just saying if enough people get sick of the power structures... You know, it's almost like the media is creating their own demand for the war machine, for the military-industrial complex. They're going to pump out 
Operation Mockingbird level amount of propaganda demonizing these sovereign citizens. And then it's going to be up to you to make a choice. It's definitely divide and conquer. Do you want to be a part of the current system and continue to play the establishment games and continue to be enslaved? Or do you want to become William Wallace, Mel Gibson's character in the movie Braveheart? (laughs) And do you want to fight for freedom? That's your question, my fellow Americans. Moving deeper here into the 21st century. I've said it a million times. What kind of person do you want to be? And, you know, the powers that be are going to want you to take a side. And I urge you all to not make that decision lightly. (laughs) Unbelievable times. Crazy times we are living in. The rise of the world planners. The rise of the scientific dictatorships in Huxley's view. The rise of the Orwellian surveillance police state in Orwell's view, view, and in my view. (laughs) It's an information war, people. How do you know the quality of the information you are receiving? How do you judge whether the information you are receiving is bullshit or not? Well, I'd like to think that I'm one of the few people in this world that are trying to deconstruct these things and trying to present them to you in a way so that you can, even if you don't completely understand them, at least maybe I'm giving you a different perspective that you didn't hear previously. Um, so sovereign citizen movements, uh, pretty unbelievable. Here we go. Let's move on. I'm going to, (laughs) I'm going to further illustrate and prove my point from the previous episode about how many of these mainstream media down to the local level news stations are pumping this bullshit propaganda out through their, uh, you know, airwaves, getting you to believe things that are not necessarily true, getting you to believe a narrative, much like the narrative that the Democrats and the media got you to believe about this quote-unquote red wave that was about to come during these midterm elections. I just listened to Sam Winchester's recent episode 140, where he, he's like, that's how you do it. You want to beat the Democrats, Republicans? You need to control the narrative, and you need to investigate and create scandal, because that's how the Democrats have been kicking your ass for a while now. You need to create scandal around Joe Biden. You need to create scandal around Hunter. You need to create scandal around the fake Russian collusion investigation in the Mueller report. I urge you all to go listen to Sam's most recent episode where he will lay it out for you. I'm getting off track here, though. Let's uh, let's listen to a brief little supercut about a bunch more of these sovereign citizen bullshit media propaganda news stories I have recently discovered. Here we go. Who are these people and what do they believe? Well, not all of them are that extreme. ABC 15 investigator Joe Ducey found some live right here in the valley and could even be your neighbors. They don't like taxes. The way that the government has set things up is that we're really enslaved. They don't like being told what to do. We don't have our constitutional rights anymore. But unlike the Tea Party protesters, people like Jonathan, who lives in the East Valley, are acting on their beliefs in what some might consider an unusual way. I have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as does everyone. And so the way the system is set up, they're taking that away. Filing paperwork to become what's called sovereign, trying to declare themselves U.S. nationals rather than U.S. citizens. I empathize with their frustrations, just don't know that this is the best way to to respond to it. Arizona Secretary of State Ken Bennett says his office gets about 8 to 10 so-called sovereign citizen applications like these every week from people across the state. It's not about revolution. It's not about hating my country or my government. It's about loving my country and I hope that people would would join in. For Jonathan and others who follow this philosophy, 
Being sovereign means following the U.S. Constitution. Their goal is to intimidate, harass, retaliate, and delay. Tonight, we have new details on the scheme meant to tie up the sale of Villa Colina. Back in June, a sovereign citizen put a bogus lien on that house, the biggest in Tennessee, all to hold up that sale. Prosecutors brought charges against the sovereign citizen for filing a false lien. And now she is suing members of law enforcement, the judge on her case, and her attorney. Reporter Vinay Simlot found out more about this bizarre case and why the problem stretches beyond Villa Kalina. In her official capacity as private attorney general and as a constitutional bounty hunter, Erica Elliott is now suing those responsible for her criminal case, including the judge, a move that would slow down the process. Tennessee judges and prosecutors and police officers are not going to be intimidated uh, by paper terrorism. Elliott considers herself a sovereign citizen whose county of residence is heaven. Sovereign citizens think laws don't apply to them and often make filings to clog up courts. And when you see the system being turned against itself by people that don't believe in the system or our government, uh, it's a frustrating experience. District Attorney General Dave Clark prosecuted multiple sovereign citizens in Anderson County. One of them put a lien on his house and his assistants. These kinds of liens can be very disruptive in their life. It can delay their ability to move, uh, to make purchases that we would all you know, hope to make as, as life progresses. State law protects public officials against those fraudulent liens. When liens are filed against public officials, it's easier to get those liens removed. But that doesn't apply for private citizens. That's why the Villa Kalina sale is taking so long. That's something the legislature may need to take a look at in response to this most recent problem. In Anderson County, I'm Vinay Simlot. Sovereign citizens are a distinct brand of anti-government extremists in the United States. The Southern Poverty Law Center tracks anti-government and hate groups across the country. It's hard to track sovereigns because they act as individuals in opposing laws, using their own interpretation of the U.S. Constitution. These ideas are not simply just sort of fantasies or cons. These are ideas that when they cut to the core of what people believe, they think that they're at war with the federal government and they'll go to whatever ends they need to uh, to protect their ideas. On the other side of Indianapolis, this tidy property is also at the epicenter of another legal fight. John Jones Bay is claiming to be an aboriginal indigenous Moorish American. In other words, a sovereign. He's taking on the county treasurer, reporter, auditor, and the governor for taxing his property. Bay filed a federal lawsuit in October. He wants them to cease and desist the administrating of his property. And we're tracking details of the arrest of an Indianapolis man and the movement he claims to represent. Derek Barry, who calls himself a sovereign citizen, faces a number of criminal charges after police say he interfered in his son's traffic stop. Today, Barry made his first appearance in court. RTV6 reporter Jack Reinhardt was there. Jack? Well, Erica, sovereigns believe the government has no right to tax them, issue licenses, nor do they believe in the statutory authority of the police or courts. Police say Barry spent an extra 36 hours at the arrestee processing center after he refused 25 separate commands to submit to the booking procedure. He's already filed three separate lawsuits, in one threatening a judge with treason. And within days of his arrest, state police conducted an emergency hearing to revoke Barry's license to carry a firearm. Jack Reinhardt, RTV6. Jack, thank you. And coming up at 6, our Call 6 investigators take a closer look at the growing number of sovereign citizens in Indiana. A sovereign citizen is someone who believes they are not under the jurisdiction of the federal government and therefore thinks the laws don't apply to them. A local civil rights attorney says it's an illegitimate defense. Mr. Brooks, you're interrupting me no, yet again. Just weren't All right. Among Daryl Brooks's many outbursts at trial, he suggests being a sovereign citizen means he's immune to the rules of the court and the laws in Wisconsin. Dr. Sarteski says a sovereign citizen defense never works out in the end, but it can cause major delays in trial due to constant objections, similar to what we've already seen in Mr. Brooks' case. Reporting outside the Waukesha County Courthouse, Ben Jordan. For the second time in just a week, a man who identifies himself as a sovereign citizen disrupted a Spokane courtroom. 55-year-old Michael Hicks and his brother were 
uh, brother-in-law, I should say, were arrested last Wednesday after a two-and-a-half-hour standoff with police. Both men would not get out of their vehicle and had to be cut out of their seatbelts. KXY4's Ian Cole has the details of Hicks' arraignment today. Michael Hicks' appointed attorneys argued that their client was not a threat to the community and should not remain in jail on a $10,000 bond because he has no criminal record. The judge agreed, and before midnight tonight, he'll be released from jail. Michael Hicks claims he's not a regular citizen, not ruled by the laws of the government. And today, once again, he even denied the name the judge asked him to confirm. Last week, a judge ordered Hicks be held on a $10,000 bond and that he be given a mental health evaluation since he wouldn't answer simple questions. Today, it was more of the same. They are free men of the free land, and they live right here in Manitoba, but they don't follow the same rules as you and I. CTV News is told they have become a concern for police and are tying up the courts. CTV's Caroline Bargut joins us now live. So why are they concerned, Caroline? Well, Gordon, free men don't believe Canadian acts and statutes like the Highway Traffic Act are in fact law, so they don't follow them because they say that is their right. They also don't recognize police authority, and that's led to some confrontation. Hello, Matt. Hello, officer. How are you? They call themselves free men of the land, Canadians who don't pay taxes and drive without a license. This is from the government's own website. Dean Clifford says the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, or CSIS, even considers free men like him domestic terrorists. Do you agree that you're a terrorist or not a terrorist? How do you feel about the, the label, so to speak? If I cause them to feel a little bit of terror, then I'm okay with that because they've been terrorizing me for 15 years. According to Clifford, he obeys the laws of the land, but not the rules made up by government. Because of that, he's no stranger to police. Over the years, he's been charged with driving without a license, has been jailed for resisting arrest, and has had several vehicles seized. He now wants police to pay for their actions. When the RCMP pull you over and they, they, they seize a truck, but they don't issue a notice of seizure, they just take it. That's theft. So I charged two of them out in, uh, in British Columbia with theft, and the courts didn't want to hear it. Clifford says he began issuing liens to officers who pulled him over or infringed on his rights. Each has a $50,000 fine attached. So far in Manitoba, he's already handed out 17. None have yet gone to court. In a statement to CTV, the RCMP says individuals associated to this movement are a concern because some followers advocate violence to promote their views. This may involve violence towards police officers. And that there are officer safety concerns when dealing with followers of this movement during routine police interaction. Clifford says it's police who cause Freeman harm, not the other way around. Unfortunately for them, I don't care about their bottom line or their profit margin. My freedoms and my liberties are far more important than that. He plans to continue fighting for those freedoms in court. Justice Minister Andrew Swan wasn't available to talk on camera today, but he did issue this statement. The justice system treats all Manitobans in the same way with due regard for their constitutional and statutory rights. No one is above the law, and if you break the law, you'll face the applicable consequences. The courts have appropriate tools to deal with individuals who are alleged to be misusing the court process. When I asked if the freemen were right in their beliefs, the province said, no, they are not. Thanks, Caroline. CTV's Caroline Bargut reporting. Well, he hasn't filed an income tax statement in nearly 17 years. Dean Clifford says, as a free man, that is his right. He drives a truck without a license, owns a home with no credit, and tonight he gave CTV's Caroline Bargut a peek into how he lives. I planted the date seed, so I got a date tree growing now. This is how uh, Dean Clifford lives. The self-described naturalist home is full of plants and light. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, I like to come down here and it's bright. And the sun's already in. My plants are growing. I got coffee, coffee plants over here, coffee bean plants, and I'm even trying to grow a pineapple from a pineapple head right there. Yep. We have running water, too. But Clifford isn't anything like his neighbors. So you don't have any government ID? No, not at all. The 37-year-old considers himself a free man of the land. Prepaid visa. Inside his wallet, there is no driver's license or Manitoba health card. This Canadian hasn't filed income taxes in nearly 17 years. How do you not pay Revenue Canada for 17 years and stand here out of jail? 
Uh, very easy. Nobody is obligated to file or pay income taxes. Nobody. Now you know the origin of man-made laws. Clifford's views are shared by tens of thousands of other freemen, not just in Canada, but around the globe. What is a freeman? Not only does Clifford own this home in rural Manitoba, he has a farm, seven rental properties in Winnipeg, a construction company and two vehicles. And he has it all without any government ID. No mortgage, no bank loan and no credit. I don't need them. We have equity, equity lenders in Canada for 25% down. They'll loan you money based on the equity of the home. And you can pay them off with no penalties. I'm going to take this opportunity while I was uh, committing a crime in progress here. By, the FBI uh, and CSIS call uh, freemen of the land like Clifford domestic terrorists. There's a warrant out for The RCMP consider them a safety concern for police. It's now developing awareness material to better protect frontline officers. I just want to be left alone. They're the ones initiating the contact, they're fully armed, and then they're calling me a safety concern. Clifford maintains he's just trying to live his life and would like to be left alone. He believes if more people learned about their rights, they would be doing the same. Caroline Bargut, CTV News, Winnipeg. And we wanted to know how Clifford is able to avoid paying income taxes for 17 years, but our calls were uh, not answered or not returned from Revenue Canada. Ah, the government. It loves you and wants to keep you safe and well. It even wants to make paying taxes, fines, and court costs easier for you. How? Well, you'll need to meet your straw man. He was born the same day you were. He looks like you, has the same name, and lives in your house, but you never knew he existed. You will have even paid his parking tickets or taxes. The worst part? He's been dead from day one. From every birth certificate, a legal personality, or legal fiction, is created with the same name to confuse little old you into thinking it's you. So, there is a human you and a paper you, or as it's commonly known, a straw man. So when it seems like government officials, court clerks, or the police are speaking English, they aren't. They're speaking legalese, designed to make you agree to verbal and written contracts without even knowing about it, all spun from Black's Law Dictionary. For example, when the police say, do you understand, you'll say, yes. What they are really saying is, do you stand under our authority? Oops-a-daisy, you just created a verbal contract with them. Oh, you clever government. Did you know that whenever you register something, you are handing over title to the person you register it with? That's right! Whenever you register something with the government, they assume it belongs to them. Registered your car? Super! Now you are the registered keeper of your vehicle, and the government can crush it when you don't pay your, ahem, <clears throat> straw man's taxes. Expecting a new bundle of joy? Well then, you need to register your little darling with a birth certificate. Then they can start the process all over again and create a new straw man for your little one. Isn't that great? So when Junior grows up, he'll be able to generate revenue just like you have. When you notify on your baby by signing the birth certificate, your child becomes a ward of state. And if the government doesn't like what you're doing, they'll assume it's okay to take the child away or make new rules for things they don't like. Not enough school? Smacking your child? Shouting too loudly? Then it's off to social services for the little one. When you get a bill, it's sent to you but belongs to your straw man, not you. That's why bills, fines, and summons start with Mr., Mrs., or Ms. Sometimes you'll see your surname in capitals, just like on a gravestone. That's because your straw man is dead and just a silly piece of paper created before you could comprehend or even consent to it. When you go to court, you represent your straw man. So you, the human, take on any costs, fees, taxes, and fines involved for the straw man. The human you doesn't even need to pay them. But you made a contract with the court by appearing on behalf of your legal personality or straw man. Just like the government knew you would. Confused? <laughs> well, don't worry. The government doesn't want you to know anyway. If you knew, you'd stop paying things like council tax and parking tickets. Because when you go to court, you are representing your straw man. You are you. 
alive and made of flesh and blood. Your straw man or legal personality is a piece of paper created from your birth certificate. And you think it's you. What a silly Billy. Would you like to know more? Well then go over to tpuc.org. Get up, get informed, and get real. All right, people, there you go, tpuc.com. Learn some stuff. Go back into the beginning of this when I played the other guy that gave you all that good information about how to become a free uh, man on the land, a sovereign citizen. It's even happening up in Canada, people. Canadians are fed up with government. And it's a lifestyle. That's the part I want you guys to keep in mind. If you guys decide to become a punk rock do it yourself or type of you know personality uh and this is something that is appealing to you <laughs> uh you definitely got to dive in and do some research so that you you know weigh the pros and cons of that decision before you make that decision but uh the propaganda is widespread numerous and effective this is happening all over the place. All the news stations are reporting on it. It's going to become a thing. And it will be interesting to see how the governments of both Canada and the United States deal with it. If I had to guess, I bet it's going to look something like brute police force. Militarized police forces. Jackboots kicking in your door. Stomping on your head. Making you comply forcing you to obey the brave new Orwellian surveillance police state totalitarian dictatorship world order that's coming shout out to at agent umbrellas and at the rain umbrellas pages on TikTok where I pulled a bunch of those Sovereign Citizen clips. Whoever runs that channel is doing a great job uh, compiling all of these media narrative clips about Sovereign Citizens uh, all over the place. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, Got a couple more of these. Uh, Here we go. Check this out. February 21st, 1871, Congress passes an act to provide a government for the District of Columbia, also known as the Act of 1871. With no constitutional authority to do so, Congress created a separate form of government for the District of Columbia, a 10-mile square parcel of land. The act passed when the country was weakened financially and depleted at the aftermath of war was a strategic move by foreign interests international bankers who were intent upon gaining a stronghold on the coffers and neck of America. It's all laid out in Article 1 of the Constitution. It's a definition of each, according to Dictionary.com. A democracy is a government by the people, a form of government in which the supreme power is vested in the people and exercised directly by them or by their elected agents under a free electoral system. And a republic, a state in which the supreme power rests in the body of citizens entitled to vote and is exercised by representatives chosen directly or indirectly by them. To dig deeper, let's take a look at some of the key differences between the two that Kate Broom broke down on ScienceTrends.com. Who's in charge of these governments? In a democracy, the majority is in charge. The minority has no voice. In a republic, the majority is also in charge, but the minority does have a voice. Who rules the government? In a democracy, it's the majority. In a republic, it's a majority with protections provided by the Constitution. When it comes to important elements of the government, a democracy is called the people's system. It has free elections where people decide who to put in office and has free elections where everyone can vote. In a pure or direct democracy, power is exercised directly by the people rather than through 
representatives. In a republic, the people still vote and have elections. The elected representatives are then expected to exercise the will of the people. But the minority is protected by rules or inalienable rights in the United States. These are guaranteed by our Constitution. The Founding Fathers didn't trust a direct democracy. That's why they created the Electoral College. It's referenced in the Federalist Papers. They wanted an extra layer of protection from majority rule. In the case of the Electoral College, not just having the popular vote elect a president. James Madison worried a group of people could grow to more than 50% of the population and would violate the rights of other citizens or harm the a nation as a whole. A constitutional republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship, which promises government-guaranteed equality and security, but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. America was founded as a constitutional republic to safeguard the liberties of the people against the tyranny of democracy or of one-man dictatorship. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. By calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the this term... This is extremely dangerous, dangerous to our democracy. democracy. Unfortunately, some members of the the totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of our principles of government. The totalitarians have obscured the meaning of our principles of government. So there you go, people. There's a little bit about that uh, 1871 bill passing, creating the District of Columbia again that I talked about in the first We in Trouble episode. So lots of information if you want to go down, down that rabbit hole and decide for yourself if these mainstream media news channels are telling you the truth or if they are lying to you. <laughs> All right, people. And then my fellow Americans, you got to know the difference between a democracy and a republic. Think of a republic as democracy plus. <laughs> Think of a republic as democracy and then some more freedoms. Democracy and then some. That's what a constitutional republic provides you. Okay? I'm going to take a break. And I'll be right back. All right, people, welcome back to the show. I want to play this uh, clip for you. This is some bullshit. Take a listen to what they're doing to kids uh, setting up lemonade stands in Denver. A kid's lemonade stand runs afoul of Denver city codes and gets shut down. It's true. And their mother contacted us to share her story. It happened over the weekend in the Stapleton neighborhood. CBS 4 Sean Boyd is there tonight. And Sean, no doubt this will have a lot of people shaking their heads. Yeah, Jim, you know, the city treats lemonade stands kind of like the guys down here who sell peanuts and sunflower seeds and water outside Coors Field. They're called food and drink peddlers by the city. And as such, they are required to buy insurance and a permit or license to operate in the city. Or the city will shut them down, as some young entrepreneurs learned this past weekend. It was a beautiful weekend, beautiful weather, so we thought, why not have a lemonade stand? When Jennifer Knowles helped her son set up their first lemonade stand over the weekend, she thought it would be a lesson in entrepreneurship and charity. And so the boys decided they wanted to help a less fortunate child in another country. But they got an unexpected lesson, too. Someone complained about our lemonade stand. Turns out you need a permit to operate a lemonade stand in Denver. The city oh, oh. says it's about health and safety, what no matter the age of the shit. operator. But in this case, competition may also be in play. We had never thought that the other lemonade vendor 
could feel threatened by our little kid lemonade stand. The Knoll set up right next to the Denver Arts Festival and a lemonade vendor. I can understand why someone would get upset, absolutely. What was the other lemonade selling for? Uh, seven, I think it was $7 a glass versus two for a dollar. But she plans to make lemonade out of lemons by asking the city to waive permits in the future for kids' lemonade stands when another stand isn't nearby. In hindsight, we would have never set up where we did when we did, and it would we would have just done it another time and um, lesson learned. Now, the lemonade stand wasn't totally a bust. Noel says they made about $200 for charity before police shut them down. A permit definitely would have cut into those profits. It runs $125 a day in Denver. Live in Denver, Sean Boyd covering Colorado First. At least they made some money. Exactly. Okay, people. You got to be fucking kidding me. What are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? What the police and the government permits say is what should go. You can't even teach your kids about entrepreneurship and freedom and being self-sufficient and not having to work for others, taking responsibility for your own lot in life, not allowing yourself to be controlled and dominated and enslaved by some other fictional group. A group construct we call government that, <clears throat> that we're supposed to be in charge of. They're supposed to be doing our sovereign bidding. We elect them to represent us, right? Isn't that the way it's supposed to go? Remember V from V for Vendetta? People shouldn't be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. So I ask you, my fellow Americans, what are we doing? If you're the statist type that wants to be subjugated, enjoys living in a state of Stockholm syndrome, believes all the propaganda, wear five masks and get 10 vaccines, the Republicans are the devil, Trump's the worst person that's ever lived in the history of humanity, Elon Musk is uh, an example of why we don't need billionaires. We'll just let the big wealthy corporate entities run the world. And if you ever want to not be a slave and not work for somebody else, start your own company, start your own business, uh, forge your own path in this world, in your life. Nope. The big, huge Leviathan crony capitalist never enforcing antitrust laws too big to fail monstrosity that is big business and big government owns you my fellow Americans you have owners they own you me, all of us. Take a listen to your beloved President Barack Obama in this next clip. And it's gross. Here we go. To flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, my fellow Americans? The game's won. They've already got their world order. He just laid it out for you. What they're doing right there. 
your favorite president, Barack Obama, son of a woman whose husband was deeply involved with the Bush dynasty family. Uh, There's someone that follows me on Instagram. I forget her name, but she alleged that Obama's mother was the daughter of Hitler. (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't know if I believe that, but you know what? Go do some research, people. Go look it up. But anyway, again, I'm getting off track. The point I'm trying to make is that this clip, people, is the thesis for this we in trouble bullshit I've been talking about. This government's coming after us sooner or later. They're going to create their own demand like they do with everything else that they are involved with. Take a listen to Obama again. I'm going to play this clip again. And listen. Listen to him say the quiet part out loud. Listen to him admit what they are doing and how they are doing it. Here we go. Take a listen once again and listen carefully to what this man is telling you. To flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. Raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, enough spread questions. enough dirt, enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing. What? That citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth. What? Possibility. The game's won. The game's won, people. Once they raise enough questions to where you do not know what to believe, I've said it a million times, the overabundance of information in your face constantly desensitizing you, the 24-7 news cycle created, crafted to control your mind. They're trying to get you away from the possibility of truth. They're trying to raise so many questions that that you lose faith in your government, in your police forces, in your political system, in your neighbors, your peers, your friends, maybe even your family. Divide and conquer. That's the phrase that pays. That's the name of the game. Keep us fighting with each other so that they can continue going to the bank with all of your money. In the words of the prophetic George Carlin. People, I hope I'm getting through to you. I hope this information is opening your eyes and opening your mind to the realities of this world. Let's move on and turn up the optimism and the fun and let's play some punk rock. People, welcome back. It's time to play some punk rock. Today, I'm going to play you the last song on the new record, Panic Theory, that just came out on the 18th by the band Vacant Skies. And you guys have heard me play Vacant Skies on the show before. I played their single, The Wake Up Call, uh, when it came out, and that song is on this record that they just released on Allegedly Records, of course. And every song on this record is awesome. I love these guys. They're thrashy. They're fast. They're technical. They got a little emo vocal vibe going on. 
You put it all together and it's working. Ladies and gentlemen, making their return to the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Here's Vacant Skies with the last song on their new record entitled Panic Theory. The song is called Poison Kiss. That was the song Poison Kiss by the band Vacant Skies. And I don't know if you caught those lyrics in there, but something about reading between the lines and finding your truth. Uh, The future is not getting easier for any of us. Maybe for the people at the tippy top of that pyramid trying to ascend into some other reality some other realm perhaps but for the majority of us we better start getting it together (laughs) Uh, or maybe you know what maybe we should all take Elon's advice if you can't beat the AI then join it If you can't beat big government, then join it, right? Let's just give in. Let's give up. Let's throw in the towel. Let's tell ourselves there's nothing we can do about it. It's already too late. Or do the opposite. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com, buy a t-shirt, donate to the show, read the show notes, become a 
my fellow American subscriber on Patreon. The link is on the homepage of the website. All you got to do is click on it. It'll take you right there. You can sign up to be a patron and then sign up to join my $3 tier subscription for my fellow American subscribers where you're going to see all the video from all the interviews. You're going to see me do the world news. You're going to see my supercut bonus episode show entitled Reality, Lies, Damned Lies, and Statistics. Uh, part 6 is coming soon uh, on Patreon only for subscribers only. So become one. It's going to be worth it, I promise. Go check out all the amazing artists at allegedlyrecords.com. Go check out all the amazing podcasts on altmediaunited.com. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other out there. Strive to learn something new today. Strive to be better tomorrow than you were today. For you, for me, for all of us. Thank you for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 120 of the Politics of Punk podcast. Entitled, We in Trouble, Part 2. We'll see you next time. Flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won.